0: Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Today we talk to KJ McGowan, a young Irish entrepreneur who has built a business called Creso, which operates between Toronto and Boston. He talks about how the young business will do for OKRs, what Salesforce did for CRM. So I'm joined today by KJ McGowan, an Irish man who is up six to Toronto and is running his own tech company called Creso. You're very welcome, KJ.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me, John. And tell tell us about Krezo. What 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 is the premise? Yeah, I think the premise you know is predicated on um, operational alignment. So if we deconstruct that, you know, um, it's sort of the idea of if everyone is in the same boat, rowing in the same direction, you have a much greater chance of success. And uh, for a lot of companies, that's just not the case. Um, I think companies really struggle operationalizing their strategy and translating it down to employees who are on the front line. So, you know, a lot of people wake up every morning feeling that their work really isn't contributing to any greater purpose. And uh, I think that's kind of the premise of why we, we started this and, and sacrificed a lot, of course, in our lives when you start a business. But I think it's really, we want to help people and companies solve that problem of, how do you, you know, connect people's work to something greater and how do you translate your strategy into, into something that's, you know, understandable and, and you do it really through goal setting. And uh, that's really the key. And that's what we facilitate.
0: Funny thing is, when you read about business, it always comes back to business people using strategy terms like uh, referring to <laughs> yeah. Sun Tzu and the art of war and all this stuff. And yeah. it always they always end up using these martial terms. So I'll, I'll use another yeah. one, uh, the fog of war, because that's often what happens in business is that... <laughs> I think people who run business or lead massive teams get often caught in the fog of war. And it's also the kind of fog of their own ego sometimes too, because they think they're the only ones actually at the pointy the end of the spear where in fact they would be nowhere without the people who they who work for them and get them where they're going um, but often people end up leaving companies because often where the company's going is often not uh, communicated or translated and a lot of people often need end up feeling on the outside looking in sometimes um, you know that can lead to departures from companies. People just not feeling the mission. Don't maybe they don't have the same buy-in as the the company owner or the company leader or the team leader. Do, do you see that yourselves bridging that gap? Absolutely.
1: Like you've you've hit the nail on the head. There, we should hire you as a sales rep here or something. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you've hit it, and and what's what's what you've alluded to is is dead right. But also, if you observe it's it's ubiquitous it's universal across all companies like because we're all companies are made up of just groups of human beings and human beings have these um, needs and tendencies and uh, and the main one is to feel a a a sense of worth in in your work and feel that you're a part of something and uh, yeah understand the direction of of the company that you're in and you're right the consequences of not doing that is not only a loss of people or a loss of revenue or it's it's even down to individuals you know really suffering um mental you know uh just just suffering mentally from the work you know getting greater anxiety about their work um a greater confusion and look yeah i think we just tried to make it very simple and how how are we going to solve such a complex problem uh, with such crazy terms that are all these abstract strategy and vision just breaking it right down to the um you know the goal setting level what are the priorities what do we want to achieve and how are we going to measure ourselves against those those goals that's really the the fundamental of
0: it. Do, does does the technology also allow for greater visibility because that's the thing when when you when you are in in a, in a in a situation where you know often everything is led by personalities and you know people try to delegate and and, and in 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 some cases people if, if they'd be horrified to find that there's people on their teams that might be disenfranchised or left behind but people are people and some of the weakest leaders would have favorites or there'd be politics involved and sometimes people who just want to come in you might have a a kind of some might be a bit of an introvert they just want to do their job and go home and they want to be recognized so does the technology help raise the visibility from the point of view of like they're not there and they're sitting there you know selling themselves or in the right click that at least they're getting on with the work and they've they're, they're doing their tasks you know it has to go two ways right
1: yeah, exactly. You're dead on. It has to go two ways and and that was the foundation of our thinking around building a product. Like, you know, we obviously want to solve this problem, but how could we how could we solve it by building a technology that provides operational visibility to the top executives? Because to them it's really important to understand uh how their business is operating so that they can mitigate risk they can make because their decisions are are really impactful to a business. So the more insights they have um to the operational performance, the the more better the decision making they can get and the greater clarity they can get. But vice versa, it goes two ways. The frontline people who maybe aren't at the top of the pyramid, you know, are are equally trying to get visibility into, well, you know, I might just have my mundane tasks that I have to do, but everyone's, everyone's contributing here and everyone's um, has uh, an effect on the greater business. And how, and how do you show that in a product? Well, it's through our sort of canvas uh, where you can just sort of take goals and priorities you know, and we call it, there's a framework called OKRs, Objectives, Key Results, OKRs. And so we use that framework as a way for everyone to have a shared language and then have shared visibility.
0: How did the uh, business come about? Because your accent obviously shows you're from Dublin, uh, but you're based in Toronto. Uh, how did the business go from being, you know, uh, Irish founders, but uh, Toronto-based Irish founder, tell tell me about the makeup of the team, the founding team as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's myself and a co-founder, Stephen, who I met in Boston. So I, you know, um, went over in Boston on sort of a graduate visa, I think it was, and um, and sort of met him through through some networks and through a company I was working for over there, and that really just springboarded me into building a network in the US, and uh, and yeah, Boston, it was a great spot to be if you're irish you know if you want to travel and you want to visit america i'd suggest going there because you're treated like absolute royalty you know so it uh, it was a lot of fun and i enjoyed my time there so much that i didn't really want to to leave but it's it's definitely more complicated getting a working visa in the states than it is in canada i had some family up here toronto isn't far from boston so it was kind of an easy decision to move up up north as they say um but it was, yeah, but I kept in touch with Stephen, kept in touch with a lot of my network down in Boston and across the U- the US. And this was something that me and Stephen would talk about. And um, it just, it was just the right time in my career and the right time in his. And, you know, it, it was just that feeling, that instinct to say, we got to do this. And, and so we set it up. Uh, we the, the company is actually founded in the US. So technically on paper, it's a US company, but I'm up here. We have got some developers up here. Um, we've just, yeah. So we've just signed an Irish customer. In fact, um, Sona Lake, I won't mind promoting them. So <clears throat> we're, we're not just based, we're not just one place. We're kind of using our network to grow this company and it's it's global so it's, it's fun
0: yeah it's global from the get-go because often uh when i write about irish companies particularly tech companies um you know the, the most important thing they need to realize from the get-go is they have to be global from day one because locally there is no real sizable market for them to chew on um but sometimes that's a mistake some of them make early on and they eventually have to you know just adjust their direction really quickly if they want to make any money but then there's also there's also the challenge of actually being international and winning business internationally and 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 getting around um you know that there's a, there's a fear factor there's a certain kind of uh, psychology to it. Every market's different. It's very different to target Asia than is say target the North North America. Um, but you're you're international from the get go. Is is that just how you intend to build your business and just going you know, enter markets? And and obviously being a technology, you're in the cloud, and that means you guys can then you know use that to sell basically as as a lot of born on the web companies have.
1: Exactly, exactly. And look, you know, I don't think there is any right or wrong. Um for us it was just a natural um tendency to work with the network that we know and that we're familiar with and that we have, you know, we're both well connected in the tech community among that you know, myself and Stephen, the co-founder, and then our Nick, our you know, lead engineer. We've got it, you know, 25, 30 years of experience in, in tech. So it's like just let's, let's mine that, uh, as a starting point. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it was just, just the right thing to do and there's no right or wrong, but I think as we approach the market, we really do feel it's best at least where we're at, you know, just to kind of go an inch wide and a mile deep, um, on the customer, you know, side of things.
0: Very good. And, and like the, when you think about it, um, a lot of born-on-the-web companies, uh, particularly in enterprise, I always thought it was quite interesting that the companies that really have done really well, like Salesforce, for example, and, you know, a lot of Irish ones, um, you know, as well as, you know, the bigger players like, you know, you've got Slack, which is bought by Salesforce. Uh, you got got Team, Teamwork in Cork, which is an Irish company, uh, and quite a lot of other ones that are software-as-service-based a companies. Where do you see Crezzo fitting into the, you know, do you see yourselves as a productivity platform? Do you see yourselves as a HR platform? Where, where does it fit in the overall workspace
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. You know, I think without having too much context to it, people might assume it's just another HR initiative or something, but um, it really is more to do and more fitting for operational leaders in business ops, you know, and, uh, and sort of sales ops even, or just as, as long as the company, um, it's really about operationalizing the company's, you know, strategy and its goals. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it, you you might classify it if you're looking for a term productivity. It certainly is one of the benefits of using Creso and OKRs OK as a framework is that uh, you get greater clarity into your priorities and you get greater clarity into how you're measured against your priorities. So you can start to understand, okay, if I do this, this, and this over the quarter, it's going to make this sort of impact and that that leads to greater productivity. But, um, you know, it's a wide net of productivity tools, you know, could be anything from helping people communicate. In this case, it's really helping people set, efficient goals and, and track their company's performance.
0: Very good. And have you guys taken on investment and and how would you sum up the Toronto startup ecosystem?
1: Ah, oh, two great questions. Yeah. I mean, we did take on pre-seed investment from sort of family, friends, even an ex employers of ours, which we were hugely grateful for, you know, and that gave us great validation that we were, you know, in a great sort of sign of confidence in us. Uh, and, then uh in the tech scene in Toronto, yeah, I've you know, really been only really dipped my toe in it being here a couple of years, but still there's so much here um around it joining different communities. It's just it's just a great place to be um for, for tech right now. And especially because of the, the US markets, you know, I think Canada is is starting to become more attractive. And and it's just look, you know, I think the Canadians are a bit like the Irish in ways, you know, they're very open and got a bit of crack about them. And, you know, I think it's, it's a really good place to start anyway.
0: And I suppose the um, actual the interesting thing, I see a lot of serendipity in, 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 in your in your journey there and that you met your friend and that's how you started your business. And do you think if you'd stayed in Ireland, would you have started the business? Um, would it have happened
1: at all? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I i don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, i I would hope so because it's certainly uh, not only the business, but the idea and the purpose behind the business inspires me and it keeps me going. And if, if anyone's out there who's started companies, you know, it's hard to keep going because um, you can only can't move the river, right? So uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, it's it's a good question. I I, I hope so. I um, but you you never know where where life takes you. You know, for instance, I always, sometimes think if I hadn't reached out to a an ex um hurling coach of mine who moved to Boston, I never would have thought about going to Boston. And if I never thought about going to Boston, I never would have met Stephen and all the friends there. And if I never met them, I don't know if I'd done it. So one, you know, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, I guess, and. Uh, I love that quote. Uh, and yeah, it's true. But I mean, what about yourself? I mean, you know, I feel like you've asked me some great questions, but I, I need to put you on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> Give <me laughs> you really a bit. No, but I'm genuinely curious because I'm an avid listener to to the podcast and that's why I reached out. And uh, I, I'd I'd like to understand like why, what compelled you to to start it and and would you have if you were at a different point in your life you know uh
0: it came about as a an idea of a colleague of mine like why not and i kind of i was a consumer of podcasts and i've been a journalist for the best part of 30 years and I would have done a lot of video interviews with people. Uh, so I was never afraid of asking questions. So, uh, and, I, and I kind of find my, I find, I have I've, I've, I've a knack for pulling of people at their ease and getting, kind of get them to divulge information, I suppose. Um, and um, yeah, so it came out as an idea. And then I, I kind of um, realised that... Uh, while podcasting as an idea seems quite simple, some people put it down to even just you know putting a smartphone in front of someone and having a conversation. Uh, I learned really quickly early on that you know the actual technicalities of it aren't easy. So um, yeah, I, I I reached out to my network and um, I came across um, a great chap called Rob Kelly who who edits these podcasts and you know is also as much a teacher as he much as as he is a. You know, uh, as a, as a sound engineer, so we're always trying new things and learning new things. So I, I I've been keeping them going as as interviews. I'm probably from probably going to start maybe going along to events and trying to soak up the atmosphere. We did one there with at the at the ploughing championships which is kind of again oh, not my nice. usual area I, I spent most of my career in technology writing about tech companies but ironically when I was in at the ploughing in September I found myself at the Enterprise Ireland pavilion and I was talking to loads of young startups who were doing different things from you know uh, everything from helping to save the bees to to using uh, marine algae to create better feed for cattle yeah. the thing about Ireland is it's, it's, it's for, for some sort of countries as small as it is I think yeah. we are, we've got some great entrepreneurs and we've got some great innovators and I i don't think I'll ever be short of things to write about as long as I want to write about it and I think then it's interesting then the, the way the world opens up so I wouldn't if I didn't have done the podcast I wouldn't have heard from you uh, yeah. So, <laughs> right. as you say, oh, yeah. looking back, joining the dots. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's been it's and
1: been a, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's it. Like if that colleague hadn't talked about it, or Rob Kelly and in, in being your network, you know, that's it's just the way it goes. But also, you know, I completely agree with you. I don't want to leave that point behind. That the talent in Ireland is is tremendously, you know, outweighs the size of the country. Like it's it's incredible, and it's even nice although i keep ireland with me wherever i go even though i might be halfway across the world it's, it's still with me and um i i love just being being a part of it even even somewhat virtually or and 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 like i said you know we we signed our first irish customer and i can't wait to um you know go back and see them and maybe maybe our next irish customer is listening so you know it would it's it's all very exciting stuff.
0: Well, that's the thing as well. I always find as well, Irish entrepreneurs, when I meet them on the world stage, they take on a certain magical quality that I don't often see on the ground in Ireland, which is kind of, I don't mean to be (laughs) unfair, but I have to say, um, you know, when, when you see an Irish entrepreneur in somewhere like Silicon Valley, uh, they've, completely the, the razzmatazz that surrounds them is so much more I, I suppose they're less less conscious of themselves less self-conscious that they are when they're at home I think yeah. in Ireland we've a strange attitude towards sales so if someone's selling yeah. something we kind of feel a bit snobby towards it but then Absolutely. again when, when you put an Irish person somewhere like the Mobile World Congress or you know uh, CES or some of these big tech events suddenly like they're selling like their life depends on it and it's the most <laughs> natural thing in the world so I find it amazing like people like Pat Phelan now from you know, um, uh, you know, Pat Phelan is just so so inspiring. Like he he he's, he, he's just a natural, a natural salesman as much as he is an entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I just see them take on a different kind of light. Um, I see a certain confidence in, say, the younger tech entrepreneurs so that are certainly people who have been in their late twenties, early thirties now. Um, people like Paddy Cosgrave and stuff; those guys, um, they're just too yeah. big. They just think big. Uh, think a lot bigger than say their predecessors would have. Um, yeah. You know, maybe a decade or so back. Uh, yeah. And I think that's refreshing and more more strength to them. I think people might find that a bit jarring in terms of the, the you know the swagger and the 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 um, I suppose determination and the yeah. the viewpoints they have. But the thing is, they know that what your success today has to be doubled tomorrow in order to keep the same momentum. That's velocity, uh, yeah. and th- and that's that's crucial. So. I think it's jarring to to people of an older generation going, who are these guys? Why, why, why are they swaggering? What do they know? But they do know. And they know that you can build a company on the web. You can pull all the tools together by sheer concentration and determination. And... You know the internet if you're born on the internet it's, it's a force multiplier right
1: absolutely and look it's always going to be that way it, it it's an evolution and and people can be resistant bring it even back to you know okrs or what we do people are resistant of change in their organization but um there's there's this younger generation in ireland that are you know enthusiastic about the change and um um, I think it's a great thing and I think yeah as you great word is refreshing yeah it's refreshing to see a level I would say of optimism
0: but but I, I would I would't say optimism self-belief confidence but less parochial than yeah previous generations that you know right. they they're they're born to see the world as their oyster they're 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 pretty much born at a time when you know let's just say the first Reiner website was created in 1999 a lot, yeah. of, a lot, a lot, of these youngsters are in the world today. Were pretty much born not knowing a reality where they couldn't jump on a flight anywhere in Europe, for example, at a young age, and know it, it shouldn't have to cost you. Uh, it, yeah, I, yeah I, I just, I just think, um, you know, we all have a duty to kind of help each other up as well, and I, and I think the more, the more voices I can listen to and help in, in, in terms of podcasts or writing, you know, it's an interesting time. Some of us just want to document it, and there it is.
1: All straight to you, man. That's great. I love it. Glad to be a part of it, you know.
0: With that, KJ, I'm going to have to dash. So great to to join the dots and and, and all that. But listen, um, stay in touch. We'll keep a close eye on Crezzo. And I think definitely um, it's great to see also, you know, uh, there are no limits to where anyone can go and start a business. It's fantastic.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, John, for the opportunity. And I'm looking forward to... Um, talking again soon and uh, yeah you know thanks to everyone for listening as well
0: speaking of SaaS businesses stay tuned for an upcoming interview with Deirdre Purcell Area Vice President of Salesforce who reveals how Irish businesses are sitting on hordes of untapped value